It's time for the Southeast Super League Podcast. The home of all things Super all League. Things Super League. Hey guys, this is Mitch Creek from the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. You're listening to the Southeast Super League Podcast. Proudly sponsored by Horn Industrial Coatings. Hello and welcome to the Super League Podcast. I'm your host, Ned Wiedemann, and today I'm joined by the power of Zoom by my co-host, Richmond Reyes, and Bayside Reapers superstar, Jordan Melrose. Gentlemen, it's terrific to be here. Jordan, we're taking your podcast virginity today, mate. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was uh, finally time to, to get on. Tried to get on last season, but didn't work out. And, you know, after a good win and a player of the week, maybe it's a good time to pop it. He's riding high, Ned. He's riding high. You know, he's well prepared. It's, it's come out very clearly that you are a gamer, in fact, because your headset is crisp. We can hear you very clearly. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. I, I, was, I was interested to see what it sounds like on the other end. I've never heard myself talk back. Uh, so this will be a bit different. Richo, we, uh, we, we worked really hard on the last podcast. We came up with a great plan. We did our research. We, uh, we grinded out a, a nice 51-minute podcast, all for me to get into the editing stages, and they say the file's corrupt. So this is the first time, <laughs> this is the, first time the Super League audience is hearing us this season. Well, honestly, Ned, I think it's, uh, it was a good comeback, to be honest, and I think it was good to kind of stretch a leg per se in regarding to recording something again with you, and I really did miss it, and, you know, the banter back and forth, and obviously the game recapping and everything like that, but... Look, um, fingers crossed this one doesn't, uh, you know, poo the bed, per se. <laughs> you know, and additionally, just, just to add to the technical difficulties, uh, this is our second go-round. I uh, forgot to hit record for our first 14 minutes of the podcast. So, you know, if we're rushing through this introduction, it's because it's the second time we've done it. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd ask if uh, your worries last week were from technical difficulties or human error, but if you forgot to record the first half of this, I think we know the answer to that. Uh, yeah, it's look. I do a lot of things with Super League. Can't be perfect doing all. He's only human. He's only human. <laughs> so, gentlemen, we got some really exciting news from Basketball Victoria this week. We um, have moved into Green One Hundred, which means basically all rules are off outside of a basic hand sanitising and social distancing. Uh, we can have spectators. Well, we should be allowed to have spectators. Um, and we can sort of reduce our game time uh, in between and, and, and things like that. Now, the issue that we've run into is, is Belgravia Leisure, the guys that run the facility, have unfortunately said, we don't quite fit into that. So they're being quite stiff on how many people we can and can't have. So in short, uh, people, a few people have messaged me saying, hey, I want you know the whole squad to come down and watch me hoop. I don't have an answer for you just yet. And it's a, it's a bit of a fluid situation. We're working pretty closely with Belgravia Leisure to work this out. Um, and hopefully come Sunday, we can we can have it, you know, your mum, your dad, your dog, everybody down. All fingers crossed, you know, obviously with the games and everything getting a bit spicier as the weeks go on, I think it's only going to get better by the time everyone does get a chance to come back, especially after the Christmas break. Yeah, I've noticed, I've noticed, you know, with, that, with the lack of spectators and as the games go on, we possibly break some rules a few people hang around when i uh close my eyes and say oh i can't see i don't know what you're i doing. i uh, haven't done that yet no you know people are people are absorbing roles official roles in capacity jordan was a scorer a uh, and a photographer just so he could hang around so that's happened 
I think we had a first aid person on the on the pay books this last Sunday, just just so people can keep floating around. But one thing I've really noticed without having people there is the atmosphere is still there. You know, the guys on the three guys on the mm. bench and the two teams, it's such a vocal, loud in, environment. Um, the Summer Recreation Centre is a great facility for it. I think it, it captures it well. But, uh, you know, even with only 20 people in the gym, I've gone, this is a really cool uh, the, the environment and atmosphere to be a part of. Yeah, I'd agree. And I mean, look, a lot of the guys that are playing this league are, used to playing domestic anyway. So, you know, spectators aren't exactly prevalent at a normal domestic game. Um, so they're used to playing for themselves and, you know, playing hard and trying to win. And then they've got all the other bonuses of all the extra stats and everything that goes in with Super League. So I think spectators is just going to be another bonus on top um, when it is allowed. And, yeah, like everyone's just competitive and, and trying to win and all the GMs. Oh, do you think the nerds will kick in, Jordan? Oh, they they could. They, they definitely could. Um the more, your, the more your friends are there, I think for some people it's easier to play and for some people it's harder. I know depending on what friendship group I've got down there watching, I can either thrive or really, really stuff up. If my dad's there watching, I generally play quite poorly. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, no worries. I'll make sure to invite him down when we play the go. Bayside Reapers in a couple of weeks, mate. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, mate. Uh, numbers lost. Look, it's just a podcast. We don't need to get into a psychology session with, uh, with your daddy issues. Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> Richo, you were talking about how these games are starting to heat up. So we'll jump into the recaps. And you couldn't be further from the truth in the first game. You know, I picked this one as to be game of the round. We had the Bayside Reapers versus the Dramata Bulls. And the Bayside Reapers absolutely smacked the Bulls around 64 to 38 Jordan you guys just crushed it from the start yeah um yeah right from the gate we kind of took off and and never looked back um I think yeah like for me that the result was definitely the surprising part um I think in my head at the start of the game I thought this can go either way within about 10 points Dramata could win Baseline could win just depends on you know who's putting the ball in the basket a little bit better um but no the the result was the more surprising part for us and I think it's we, we kind of highlighted a little bit of a weakness of theirs and the fact that they don't have a lot of outside shooters. And they, we knew they were going to crash the boards at the start. So we're like, they're going to win the rebounding battle. What can we do to, to prevent them from scoring a second bucket or third bucket? And it was just making sure that we've got a body on every shooter and, and really working for all those 50-50 balls. And we did that and it, and it you know, worked tremendously. I think they had 20 turnovers for the game and that's just credit to our hustle, I think, for, for that particular game. And I think if we play them again, that probably won't happen. So it was a little bit of more of a shock factor at the start as well. But yeah, it was just good for us from start to finish. I think we played pretty consistent. So, so Richo, you know, we were sitting there and similar to what Jordan was sort of highlighting, we were sitting there going, the, the Bulls just can't score. You know, obviously they're going to lock down on defense. Mm. They're going to they're mm. make it really grimy, but they couldn't get it. They couldn't score. And as a result, the Bulls, uh, the Reapers rather, were able to get out in transition and, and score. No, absolutely. And I think I touched on this uh, quite heavily last week on the pod that no one ever gets to hear ever again. But um, I was talking about Dramana Bulls and what made them more of a threat and what made them a great team overall. And I thought, to be honest, there could be a very big contention in the top four in this league. Like, For example, Jordan mentioned it before, their, their rebounding, their hustle is almost second to none amongst all teams. However, it's just on the day, they just lacked, the, obviously, the ability to, to score. And I think their guys and Bayside Rapers did very well in doing that. But also just looking at their field goal percentage in comparison, 42% overall is, is a, a quite a good clip, to be honest. I don't know if you'd agree with me, Ned, but yeah, I actually think they did very well with uh, scoring quick and scoring fast. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think they've after this game, you know, we've got a few teams that are 2-0 now. But after this game, I think it's evident that the Reapers are the team to beat. And it, and it really starts with, obviously, Jordan put, posting a, a two monster start lines back-to-back. Um, Shannon Yearsley was terrific once again, 20.6 boards. Mm. Um, and then and then they've got Dale chipping in 12 points and four assists. So they've got the scoring power there. I think I think this goes. This is the team to beat, mainly because these role players who aren't scoring. You know, Jono's only scored six points. Neil's scored two points, but their impact is much greater than that. They're working their tails off on the defensive end. Neil's diving after loose balls. Jono's, you know, parking himself in the paint and being really, really tough to score on. Snyder's had a headache, so he was struggling a little bit. Um, but I think that's that. You know, we talk about this all the time. The team that can get the most out of their role players and their last picks are the teams that often do the best. And I think Dale and the Reapers have done a terrific job of that. And yeah. I think what we, we touched on last week there, Ned, in regarding, obviously, with Shannon and Jordan playing alongside one another, it, it's literally like watching two of the same people running up and down the court. They, they complement each other very well on the, on the break. It's very rare that you see them both off at the time, but I feel like they could honestly interchange with one another very easily. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you. I'm I'm loving playing with Shannon. It's it's good to have a second person there that can run the floor with me. Um, and yeah, exactly like you said before as well, Ned. We've got five guys on the court at all times that are looking to contribute in some way. And I don't think there's anyone where if they get backed out into a one-on-one or they're guarding their a man or we're switching that I'm nervous about them getting beat every play. Um, I mean, it's going to happen. It's basketball, but um, like I'm confident with the five guys we have on the floor every time. And having that confidence just kind of helps me play as well. It gives me a little bit more freedom and I'm a little bit more relaxed. Um, so it's, it's definitely a, a great position for us to be in at the moment. No doubt. And I think for the okay. Bulls as well, we'll move on to the next game. But I think the Bulls, this is just, they'll just chalk that up to a rough week and they'll bounce back the following week. I don't, I don't think, I, look, I think you guys played really, really well. Um, Mm-hmm. But they're still working it out as well. So we'll move along to the next game. And and this was one of uh, the exciting games, Richo, you chatted about. It was your Karingal Kings bouncing back after the embarrassing defeat last week to the Hastings Heat. <laughs> you, guys, you guys were able to get up 50 to 49. Absolute close one. Absolute nail-biter, I think, coming down to the very end of it. And I feel the biggest opportunity our team had overall was our foul trouble. I think we got to foul trouble very early, very quickly with a lot of plays. I think I, I got a big surprise when uh, they were going up to the line before the end of the uh, before the end of the half, and they're already shooting for two. And look at these guys; we're going to be a little bit better with this because they're coming into the end of the game. It really stretched us, considering we had to play a little bit more passive than we than we used to. But look, overall, very happy with the win. It, a win's a win. One point or no point, that's that's we'll take it. <laughs> Your production. I think I think it starts with Reese Borum. His production over, uh, over the course of the game was is terrific. He found that shooting touch five for eleven from three. Um, you know, shot it at forty five percent, which is really big. But he's working transition. He was getting to the cup, and he was and he was making things happen. He was he was really the nucleus for you guys um, to get on the board. And then again, production across the board, which I, I felt like you didn't really have last week. You know, Luke Luke's chipped in with a near triple double, which is which is really good to see. He had a back bounce back performance. Mm. You know, Jeremy's chipped away with six points. Chapo, Ryan Chaplin's finished with nine and five. And and Nathan Henderson, if he uh, if he learns to just stay on his feet and not drop 
this at the this, every time the door opens and there's the slightest breeze, he might play a bit more than 23 minutes. <laughs> like I said, I think we're just got in a little bit of foul trouble very early, and I think Nathan was one of those guys who unfortunately um, fouled out a little bit too soon. I think we'd like to see a bit more production out of him, and obviously complimenting Reese in that regard more so being a ball handle and allowing Reese just to be that shooting guard position and just kind of firing off from three. And funny you're saying we went five from five from like from three, sorry. He he was the only person that shot a three <laughs> on our team. So that's great. At least we're getting a production out of him again and I think that my stern talk to him during the week actually did some did some good work. <laughs> that's good to, that's good to hear. You're you're incredibly motivational. Now Geordie the well, Hastings... not really. I just said he was shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I have to put this podcast as explicit, so thanks for that. <laughs> the um, Hastings Heat, Geordie, they were able to bounce back with um, after, a, uh, a bit, I guess, a dismal performance in the first week. They were really able to bounce back, led by Zane Milsom and, and Roman uh, temp- Temper. I thought they looked. I thought they looked a lot better, and they were really playing to their strengths. They used their big physical size in um, in their big guys. And they were able to get to the cup at a much better rate. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think so. They definitely played a better game overall um, with yeah everyone that was on the floor. Like Zane, we, we played them last week, and Zane looks like the kind of guy that can put points on the board, um, and he's got all the tools there from from what I saw. He just couldn't convert last week, and this week I think he did a better job of getting into better positions to make those shots. And Roman also did a better job of getting into positions to make him more himself more of an offensive threat. Um, like, I mean, he had 14 rebounds this week and someone of his size in this league should be getting at least double-digit rebounds every game. And it should be of ease as well. So I, I think for them, they need to make sure they're getting their big guys to be aggressive under the ring. Um, Roman really needs to try and impose his will in these games. And he did for the first couple of minutes, which are in this game, we were talking about it on the day. Um, he looked exceptional for the first four or five minutes. And then he kind of just slowed down. And someone of his size should be able to get in the paint and dominate every single game. Funnily enough, the one team that should be a little bit difficult is yours, Richo, because you have, look, the one guy in the league that can probably match him athletically. Um, and, and, and to be honest, I mean, I'd give the same, the same thing to you as well. I think Luke also needs to be a bit more aggressive as well. Um, mm, I think he needs mm. to start looking for his shot more and really impose his will. I mean, he's the number one pick of the entire league, so you're expecting him to come out and, and do big things. Um, so, But yeah, overall, the Hastings Heat are definitely looking a lot better. And yeah, on all five positions on the floor, they looked more consistent. And I think that's what they need to go for at the moment. Yeah, we got a, we got a, we got a Kingy sighting. Last week, he just didn't turn up, didn't tell anyone, but he was, it was good to see him running out there. And I think I think this team will really hit their stride once Tristan Rendell's back. He was there and he was shooting around and, you know, I think that I honestly guy... thought he was going to be playing, Ned, yeah. honestly. When I when I did see him, I actually, you know, I got the guys in the huddle prior and I was like, all right, he's definitely going to be a person we're going to be watching, yeah. um, as well as obviously watching Zane. Um, those are two people who I thought were really going to dominate us in regarding to the scoring from the perimeter especially. But uh, a bit of a relief when he didn't come on, to be honest. Yeah, I think he. I think he's back pretty pretty soon. Um, so that'll be a that'll be a bit of a scare for some teams because he's a, he's a guy mm. that can that can go for thirty some games and really change the dynamic of a team like the Heat. You know those they're big bodies. You know if you've got a, if you've got a, a wing scorer like that, you know that that could make him a oh, well, team. Well, Ned, we saw it last season, didn't we? Like you know coming from the elite from the elite side, and I feel like he's matured up a little bit more, and his game could really shine in in this division. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, we'll see. 
Yeah, look, we'll keep we'll keep it moving. Our next game of the night was another exciting one. We had the Flinders Raiders sixty to the Langwarren Thunder. Everybody's favourite Langwarren Thunder at this <laughs> stage, uh, fifty points. I really like the Flinders Raiders. I think the way Josh Taylor has built his team was questionable on draft night, uh, but he's built it around J Max. Uh, defensive versatility, his rebounding, uh, and his ability to lead the team. Um, and he's built it around some really, really strong players. I I really like the Flinders Raiders, and I think they're going to be a, a really competitive team through the whole season. Well, looking at even just the standard box scores and things like that, and everyone as a summary, you almost you had two guys on a double-double, and Josh Taylor almost bringing it up for a third person with a double-double. That's, that's fantastic to see. You know, you're seeing production from all around the grounds and, you know, everyone getting involved. And I think he's, Josh has done very well to keep this team together. Even uh, trading out certain pieces and things, I think he's done very well. Yeah, and, I mean, he got production across the board. You know, Alex Ballerini is yet to find his touch. He was only able to get four points, which is, I think, is pretty exciting for them. Once he gets finishing around the basket, I think that's going to change their dynamic. But, you know, you mentioned the double-doubles. J-Mac had 12 and 13 boards. Noddy had 11 points, 10 boards. Just JT was able to put up 17 points, seven rebounds. He was really leading from a scoring standpoint. And then, you know, Jalen Hemmer, we he talk about um, flash over, over substance. It was actually quite the opposite. He, he had a real hot stretch there and actually provided some really good um, passages of play. I think, you know, Jordan, this team's balanced and I think they're scary. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you've hit the nail on the head there. They're very balanced. All of their players are very good for their position. And they all play a little bit bigger than they than they actually are as well. Like I know um, uh, Matt Knight, like I play with him a couple of nights a week and he's always played a lot bigger than he actually imposes himself um, size-wise on the court. So that just having that consistency in all five positions in a league like this is going to be dangerous week in, week out because you can't, Everyone's trying to find a weak point in every team. And it just doesn't really look like they have one at the moment. Um, well, I think I, I've got to touch a bit on bases on there, Jordan and Ned. It's, uh, I spoke about this last week in regarding to their chemistry. Well, from a team that haven't really, well, from all the teams that haven't really played with one another, I think Flinders Raiders have done well regarding to developing their teamwork and their team chemistry very quick and very early. And it shows that they commanded the, the second half of that game very well. And they, I, it looked like they're in complete control. So I don't know if about you guys, but that that's what it seemed like to me. I, that's, I think, exactly right. And, like, you look at their shooting, the, the lowest number of shots for one person was six and the highest was 15. Like, for a spread of seven guys to have a range of six to 15 shots is hard to guard. Um, you just you can't leave anyone open. You can't really help off anyone. You can try, but you, you're kind of playing with fire a little bit there. And, yeah, like, exactly mm. right. Like, Alex Ballerini went two or 14. If he starts hitting shots, that's even harder to guard. So, um yeah, they're, they're going to look very good, I think, in a couple of weeks. Look, going on to the other side of the spectrum, uh, we've got the Lane Warren Thunder. And all the things we're talking about, great teamwork, um, high shooting percentages, just can't be the same for the Lane Warren Thunder. And I, they're struggling with some inju- injuries. Um, they're struggling with some consistency mm. with, with players coming in and out. They've, you know, they've had the most fill-in so far. I'd be worried if I was Dan Zed. You know, he's incredibly confident. We all know this. <laughs> We all know this. He's got absolutely... Uh, he oozes oozes confidence. But guys, these guys have had two back-to-back weeks where we've gone, what is going on? What sport are these guys playing? 
I'm, I'm not going to lie, Ned. When I saw, obviously, uh, their feeling of Lockie King stepping into the court and obviously with Daniel Zed coming back this week, I thought they had this game in the bag, personally. And I think they, they did definitely showed it at the start. You know, they fired off nine points to zero, even 12 points to zero before they even scored. And I thought, here we go. This is, this is what I'd want to see from the Langmore and Thunder. You know, Zed came in, a couple of dribbles, bang. Switched as the three. Absolutely fantastic. But the basis is seeing Regan and Zed off at the same time and watching their lead disappear, I think, was really detriment to their, their momentum, to be honest. That is, yeah, that, that is exactly exactly the point I was going to make. They were up by, I think, yeah, kind mm. of six to eight, and then they both subbed off, and then they were down nearly 10 points by halftime, if I remember correctly. Well, they were definitely getting towards um, being down by halftime. Mm. Um, and, and that exact reason, as soon as both of them came off, they had no one to help rebound under the ring. All their momentum shifted. And the game just went the Raiders for the for the rest of the the rest of the afternoon. Um, hmm. Like they got out rebounded forty three to forty one. It doesn't look too bad on the stats, but when you see exactly where that rebound differential came from at the end of that first half, start of the second, that's all the momentum the Flinders uh, Raiders needed to keep going. Um, and I think I'm not sure on the Thunder. They I still think they have the pieces, and it, it might all work out when Eddie comes back. I, I just think they need a little bit of mm. an offensive spark, and Eddie could provide that, uh, being he's healthy. I mean, we've heard that he was got injured over the break, so we'll see what he comes back like. But, yeah, that offensive spark just might be the thing they need to kick him in. Well, yeah, Eddie's someone that definitely has the talent to, to do so, but you mentioned his injury. By all accounts, he's got an injured foot, an injured knee, an injured elbow, mm. shoot, and a, a shooting elbow, I should say. So, yeah. Uh, I uh, yeah, he's getting the all clear from the physio, supposedly. You know, I wish him all the best. Um, but I think someone like Eddie, you we talk about an offensive spark, he uh how do I put this? He's got his own gravity on the court. He is he is a presence to say the least. He's gonna swallow up the team's offense, it's gonna run through Eddie. Um when Eddie's on, they become think- a they become a very, very dangerous team. When he's off but I believe, you know, well, it's like obviously with Zed creating the team around his first round pick with Eddie, I feel like he's kind of banking on the point that Eddie will come in and just dominate the offense like he like he's expected to. So looking at it, having him someone there, I feel like, you know, with Regan, for example, taking a bulk amount of shots in that game for someone who like Regan is very much a defensive player, but I'm not taking anything away from his shooting ability and things like that, but, you know, still posting a 10 and 20, but again, he's, he's, skills and rebounding and offloading and passing, that's where you should be really focusing his efforts as opposed to putting up all the shots that he did, yeah. frankly. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to take anything away from his shooting, but I will. 21% from the field. Put it away, mate. <laughs> it's uh, it's yes, not, not a great percentage, but uh, I, I think at least Eddie will give them a focal point and it gives them a little bit of an identity on offense. And it just looks like they don't have that at the moment. Half the plays that Regan didn't end up shooting were end of the shot clock, jack it up because no one else had put up a shot. Like where, where is their offense mm. coming from at the moment? And at least Eddie gives them that choice. Well, not choice, but it, it gives them the offense focal point that they need. And then everyone can kind of work off that a little bit more. And it just might help them kind of relax a little bit and, and know exactly where their offense is Ooh. coming from. So. It's good to say that, but for example, seeing people like Seb and, and obviously um, who's their other guy coming into it? Fuck, I can't remember. Oh, Brad, Brad, sorry, should I say? Yeah, Brad. So with Brad coming into it as well, putting up a couple more shots, like I'd like to see him um, hit Brad more around the perimeter. There was a couple of instances where I saw Brad wide open 
with an option to shoot. And I just like to see those guys like rotating the ball and getting it to their, their, their guys and their positions. And you know, it might help them obviously move them along into their offensive basis. But again, uh, fingers crossed you know, Eddie, Eddie comes back with the all clear and he's all healthy to go. So it'll be interesting to see what comes up next week. All right, gentlemen, we'll move on to the last game of the night. And it was our, my man, Eliza Millions, getting up 59 to the Cranbourne Bucks, 47. In what was a, a real scrappy game, low shooting percentages, high turnover. Uh, and I think that's how the Cranbourne Bucks are going to build their identity with that, with that tough-nosed defense. And I think this is telling that they're going to be a pretty strong team. I think it was also telling that we're very, very good and we're probably going to win the whole thing. It's uh, a like I said last there. week, Ned. No, 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 no. Like uh, I've always said, from even from last week, from our coverage of our games and things like that, I believe Manalaz Millions are the team to beat. Um, they definitely have a lot of scoring potential in in a lot of different people. I think that's where their 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 strength is. But looking at Cranbourne Bucks, uh, I must say, like they surprised me at the start. I think they 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 played very well. Uh, obviously, staying in with. Um, Analyzer Millions in the first half, but I think with obviously their halftime huddle and what Tom talked to everyone about and regarding to shifting some players and what their roles were at the time, and obviously it just shifted the game momentum straight away. Yeah, and it was led by Kurt. Kurt, spicy, spicy K. He was uh, on fire mm-hmm. early, you know, and making plays happen both offensively and defensively, you know, uh, often flopping, which our guys were a bit annoyed at, but said. <laughs> What can you do? What can you do? He did He did a very good job. You know, he's gone for 25 points, 11 rebounds, two assists. You know, didn't shoot the three all that well, but was able to get to the line. He was the focal point of their offense and he delivered on Sunday night. Yeah, he's really been producing both last week and this week. He's definitely playing like the pick that they wanted. Um, he's been aggressive. He's going in for the rebounds. He's playing under the ring. He's trying to get himself, you know, involved in almost everything that they're running. Um, he's playing quite well. And that's pretty much the simplest way to put it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I think for them, it's just going to be finding some scoring around him. You know, John Svensson. What are the Svensson boys doing? By all accounts, that they're playing well and truly under their potential. He's only had six points, but they can get a little bit more production out of him from perimeter. Tor and Zabo, he got the shots up. He just didn't make enough of them. If they can find some production from guy from outside of Curtin, Glenn, Glenn's finished with a pretty strong double double. This team, mm. this team will be dangerous to you know to mess with. But if it's just those two big guys banging inside, they just don't have the firepower to match it with any of those other teams. Yeah, they, I they think have it's not t- sustainable. I think to touch on the sorry about that, Jordy, no, but no. Ned, I think it's all sustainability and like. Having those two guys going at it the whole game, you know, it just takes some pressure off that we get people like Jono actually stepping into his element and stepping into that three more confidently or getting some screens off these bigger guys to get to get him into those floaters into mid-range. I think you really see a lot more production from him. I feel, you know, if they utilize Jono in that capacity, I feel like it'll take a lot of the pressure off the two bigger guys, especially like Jono and Glenn running pick and rolls. Like, I'd hate to be on the other end of Glenn running through me personally. But look, we'll find out uh, next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got the size to to back up how they play. Um, but but I think mm. it really it really comes down to that point. They just need some some contributions from other guys. Like you even look at this game. Like between the top two picks of each team, Ned you had twenty three, Kurt had twenty five. The difference really came into the rest of the team. Um, you guys mm. both produce exactly as we expect. Um, it's just the rest of your team, the the millions. Um, 
got a few more shots up and got some points on the board and that's where the, the 10 points, was it? Uh, 12 point difference came in. So yeah, if they can start mm. utilizing John Svensson for the shooter, you know, you and I, Rich, both know that he is. Um, he can mm-hmm. heat up and, and absolutely light it up with the best of them. So yeah, if they can get him going and a few of the other guys, just some, maybe some easy buckets to really open it up. And, and that's only going to help Kurt and Glenn score more as well. So the more the rest that's of right. the team obviously produces, it, it sounds silly, but the rest of the more that they produce, the easier it is for the rest of the guys. So. Mm-hmm. Look, I just want to finish on one note with the game recaps and it, it goes to actually my GM. Bernie, I'm going to need you to shut up. <laughs> uh. <laughs> for 20 minutes and 20 seconds, he just just spoke nonsense to the referees. And I just need you to understand how hard it is from a area manager standpoint to get these referees on board. You know, we get them there and they have concerns about the type of plays that we're getting to play. And I go, no, 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 these guys are great. And then it's my GM, my GM out of all of them (laughs) that is getting stuck into the referees. So I bring it up on the podcast just to know how serious I am. And if anyone sees Tom Byrne doing this, just, just chew him out. Say, Bernie, shut up. I will. I will say no. one of your referees is Tim Wells, and we all played last season, and we re- remember the infamous Bernie spray on Tim Wells in that game, and he came out and lit it up. So maybe he's just trying to do the same thing from a referee standpoint. Maybe, but we're also the thing is, Jordan. Unlike the Express, where they were getting belted week in week out, we're yet to lose, so it's not necessary. It was pretty close at that point. It was pretty close. Maybe, maybe we keep an eye on Bernie's aggressiveness to score ratio. If you're losing, I think he is going to get a little bit, uh, a little bit louder. I reckon, I reckon where we were up at least 25 at one stage against the Kings last week and he was still getting stuck into the referees. No, I, I completely agree with you. <laughs> I All completely right. agree. Might need so to that, my theory. That we'll we'll move on that because I'll bring him up later uh, in the worst of the week, no doubt. <laughs> um, gentlemen, we'll we'll be right back, but we're just going to take a moment to hear from our sponsor, Signforce. Super League is very proud to announce that Signforce Solutions are back on as our major sponsor for the Peninsula Division. Glenn and the guys down at Signforce are really heavily experienced in lots of different signage solutions such as digitally printed banners, interior and and home signage, exterior and rental signage and a whole lot of different options like vehicle wraps and so on. If you've got any signage needs, Glenn and the guys are your first call. Alright guys, we are back. A couple of segments before we finish off. Uh, tonight, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night, I should say. Uh, the first one, worst of the week. Now, I just I, I nominee this for this worst of the week was Tom Byrne, of course. We all just we just went through that before the break. Um, I want to bring up next worst. I want to bring up next worst of the week uh, because we touched on this last week. The worst of the week, Jordan, was actually yourself and Sean Slim Hoganberg for your just utter nonsense on the player of the week voting. So that was the start of it. But then to further that, Sean Hoganberg actually voted for himself last week. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that slipped under the radar, but just to help him out a little bit here, I did vote for myself as well. So, okay. So under the bus, you've thrown yourself. Um, yeah. 
I'm okay. not sure. Is this a frowned upon thing? Because I, I thought you voted for yourself yes. all last season then, didn't you? I swear I saw you. Never, ever, ever, you. ever, ever would I do that. Oh, I don't know about that. I have... Yeah, look, I'm corrupt. But to put it clear, <laughs> yes, it's frowned upon. It's, it's frowned very upon. much frowned, frowned upon. upon. If you do it, you know, Jacob Big put it best in the group chat two weeks back. That's a paddling if you do it. But then, look, <laughs> to double down on this worst of the week, Sean Hoganberg talked about how he had more assists and less turnovers than a point guard to then bounce back with a two-assist, eight-turnover game. You can't shoot your mouth off and then, uh, and then come up with a performance like that. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's fair. So, that's in fair. short, back-to-back worst of the weeks go to Jordan Melrose and Sean Hoganberg. Well, for my nomination, <laughs> I am going to go back a week. Um, and refer us to that wonderful pass that you attempted to throw, Ned. Um, I think you drove over the key, tried to throw it over the back of your shoulder, and it just flew six feet above your man, six feet to the right, and out of court. Hit the back wall, if I remember. I'm not sure what you were trying to do there, but, um, yeah, that ball did not go anywhere near its target. And a bit more flash than substance, I think. Well, the joke's on you, mate, because I edit this podcast, and I'll just cut that out. Oh, thanks, mate. (laughs) <laughs> All right, we'll move, we'll move on. I've got a game to play with you, gentlemen. It's a it's a very simple game. It's just we're going to overreact to some some to some performances. Um, I'll go first. I'll explain the game. It's very simple. I'm just going to give you a phrase. It's just two games, but and then you're going to give your overreaction. So I'll go first. It's just two games, but the Flinders Raiders are the dark horse of the competition. And I think they've got a real red hot chance to actually knock some, knock every team out and be the, the last team standing towards the end of the season. They still have to get through you guys, Ned. I think that's probably their biggest test. And probably, I feel is going to be one of the best matchups of the season. I know Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like those two teams are probably the most complete and most consistent and have the best team chemistry, even after the first two weeks. I would say that it'd be relatively accurate. I, I mean, I would throw ourselves in there at the moment as well, the way we've played the last two weeks, but um, they're definitely two very consistent teams with yeah strong contributions from everyone that goes on the floor at once. So, yeah, they're, I would say that they're the dark horses of the comp. Definitely finishing higher than I thought after the first two weeks. So, All right, Richo, it's just two games, but... Shagger is a top 10 player in the league. Or I will also agree with that. The way he's played the last two weeks has been amazing. And yes, I play with him. And yes, I love playing with him. But it is awesome to see him contributing the way he is. He's still in the draft, in my opinion, at the moment. He's still in the draft. Absolutely. You know, we will will do a redraft at some point where we get all the GMs to to look back and and make some selections. And I think Shagger was in the fourth round this back in the draft but it's very very evident oh, he's done a uh, he's done a two hill he's done a two hill he's, he's he's really jumped up and I, yeah i wouldn't be surprised if he's called in the in the first round you know he's he's really performed he's uh, other than yourself jordan he's the only other player to uh, be nominated back to back weeks for player of the week so if we can keep this up um, you know not only not only was he a chance at steal of the draft but he could possibly push for mvp and and, and most definitely an all-star nod if we if we run one Definitely, definitely. All right, Jordan. It's just two games, but... The Cranbourne Bucks need to trade for some shooters. 
they at the moment are getting a good contribution from Kurt. Glenn's playing the exact way he's meant to be playing, but they're still losing. And it's just because they don't have enough firepower around those two. I I completely agree. And uh, look, the next thing I want to touch on before we wrap up here is it's a you've you've done it. It's like you've done this before, mate. You've just you're transitioning beautifully. But I actually want to talk about some some red hot trade candidates that we're hearing a lot. The first one, the first one, and and not to say that he's on the block by any means, but I think just about every GM would snap him up if they could, and that's Matt Knott. Yes, yes, completely agree. And I have a uh, if I could don't mind if you don't mind me throwing out a, a bit of a trade option here for what I think would be really good for both teams. Even though the Bucks are looking good, I think Matt Knott for Dan Kerrin would be great for both teams. Charlie and Bulls. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you chuck Dan on a team that gives them a little bit more size, a little bit more rebounding, a little bit more um, fast break opportunities, and then Matt Knott on a team that needs a little bit more shooting on the outside as well. And he can still play defense under the ring too. So uh, I know that they're still looking like one of the favorites for the league, even after last week, but I think Dan Kieran for Matt Knott might be a good trade for both teams there. That's, that's really interesting. I think the thing about Noddy and why most teams would say yes, is he's, he's got a seamless fit because he does, he does probably the most important skills. Well, he doesn't turn the ball over. He hits open threes and he plays tough defense. And I think, they're the skills at this, you know, from all the way, you know, from the NBA to your local domestic competition. Those three things don't don't go unnoticed and, and make you a really valuable player. And I think he does all three of them really, really well. So I'd love to see him on the millions, that's for sure. <laughs> the next person I think I've the heard... Next Richo? Well, the next person I've heard is uh, Regan Hill. His name comes up quite often from a bunch of different GMs. Now, I think this is something, you know, it would be a very interesting pickup for any team if you have someone as valuable as Regan, especially if you put him on a team like the Millions, for example, which have quite good offensive players and complement that with a big defensive player. I feel you guys, it would just ruin the league if he ended up on the Millions. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like he's one of the players that uh, essentially have been thrown around in regards to trade rumours and everyone's trying to pick him up, to be honest. And I think I think he is incredibly likely to get traded. You know, if the Thunder start off 3-0, and 4-0 even going into January, you know, there's only, it's only 11-game season. So it's, there's every chance that, in fact, you've got you to make something happen. So maybe Regan's that piece to, to shake things up. And um, I think him being on a bad team is, is good for the other teams in the league. I, I personally, again, hope he, hope he ends up on our team. Uh, if only we could trade my GM Tom Byrne for him. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't have everyone, Ned. I think that's probably the big one here. Who would you yeah. feel would be a good trade option for Regan? On what team? I, I think I don't know if it works for the Heat, but I think this would work for the Thunder. I think it's similar value. I think Tristan Rendell for Regan Hill. Would be would be really good value for the Thunder. Get a, an extra store, a scoring option, someone that can create on the perimeter. They've already got some interior size with Eddie. I reckon I reckon Tristan Rendell could be could make a massive impact. Uh, I don't think even I don't, Zane. Even Zane. I look the the issue with that. The sticking point of with that, of course, is if the Heat need anything, it's uh, it's definitely not an interior presence. They've got they've got plenty of them. Yeah, I think they need to go for someone that's. 
a little bit more aggressive on, on the scoring end, maybe a bit of a driver and, and someone that can yeah, also hit an open jump shot. Um, I mean, look, Regan's going to improve any team he goes to. Um, but, yeah, it's just what do you give up to get him because he is such a hot commodity that Zed really could ask for quite a lot if anyone is trying to go for him. Yeah, an interesting name I've heard a lot of is uh, Zed's... Oh. There we uh, I'm not even going to... Zed's got that much family members. I'm not even going to guess what type of relation he is. But Zed's relative, Denis Lalouette in my team. Uh, he's now my cover photo with that stunning split turnaround pose. Beautiful. I'm, beautiful. I'm not sure what the go with that, that was. But, yeah, that's someone that Zed is definitely interested in. I've heard some rumours. So that will be one to watch. I think, I, very, I think it's likely that we actually see Regan on the, uh, on the millions. I agree with Richmond. If that happens, I think that's uh, there's the championship for the millions. The last thing I want to touch I just, on before I just we don't ha- think it will happen. You don't think it? I just don't, don't think, think it will happen. Denise Regan. I, I, yeah, I, I would agree well, with you. Frankly, it's not, it's, it's not so much a like-for-like trade in that instance, but I feel like, I to me, that Regan is a very valuable piece in his team. Trust me, I've tried to acquire him many a ways. <laughs> including offering food with said trades. But no, I feel like Zed is going to hold tight to someone as valuable as Regan on a team. Similar to what Josh was saying about uh, Noddy is that he's too valuable to, to release. So I feel like those two people, as much as they are on the, on the trade rumours, I just do not see any movement whatsoever from these two players. Well, I think, well, that, that, yeah. I think that's why Regan's more likely to be traded because at what point is Zed's season over? I think we're going to see a trade. I think Zed's going to go, oh, well, I only got five games, six games left, get to the trade deadline and go, so I may as well play with family and they can go off to the to the Zed family dinners after altogether. So we might even see Glenn May get traded to the team as well. As um, a, <laughs> as, a, as commissioner of the uh, league there, Ned, though, are you uh, going to allow that to go through? Would you allow a Denis for Regan to go through? Because like for likeness isn't... Quite there for that. Look at his smug face, Jordan. Of course, he's going to let it happen. Look <laughs> at his smug, <laughs> smug face. Just like, just like last week's podcast file, I'm completely corrupt. <laughs> Fair enough. Appreciate last thing, that. last thing I wanted to chat about. There has been Richmond. There has been a very exciting story developing in the back, um, in the background something that I've been pushing pretty heavily. It's Kira McQueen. Now, with Eddie being injured, there's been rumours that Luke Spenson is injured, your first overall pick. Um, we won't get into the issues with that. Um, no worries, number two. But where is Kira McQueen going? For the guys that haven't met Kira McQueen, Kira McQueen was probably the second, third, fourth best player in Elite last season, put up some absolute monster numbers. And if he came into this competition, oh, I probably would suggest he's yeah, just about, you know, he's in the top three players, no doubt. So I was where, looking at where it, so are discussing. At? Where are we at? So this is my question regarding to our last chat with Daniel and Kieran as well, actually inclusive. I said pretty plainly, is Eddie in or is Eddie out? That was my first question. I just wanted an answer to make sure that either I lock Kieran in for obviously Luke being away next week. So as far as I can see, I have Kieran McQueen filling in for my side next week against the Cranbourne Bucks. So we'll see how that one goes. But as far as this goes, stop saying Luke is injured. He's not injured. 
Um, but yes, no, he's definitely just away for one week at this stage. But so he's going to be looking very nice in a uh, Karingal Kings jersey next week. I'm, uh, I'm picking that if, yes, Kieran's playing for you guys and you're playing the Bucks, he alone is, I think you guys will win by about 20 that game. Like, um, uh, Glenn, might, Glenn might have a bone to pick with him. I was going to say, they have some very Mickey boys in the key there, mate. I don't feel like it's going to be as easy as it seems. I think Glenn and Kurt will put some pressure on there to some degree. He, he's that, that good, though. Like Ned said before, he's I, that good. <laughs> look, yeah, we, look, I was trying to be a little bit nicer, but I, don't, I feel like he's going to go through them like a hot knife through butter, mate. Yes. <laughs> All right, boys. We've been chatting nonsense for long enough. Um, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure, Jordan. I hope you've enjoyed your first podcast experience. Uh, you, uh, you. you did very well. You did very well. So uh, we would like to... Jordan will have an open invite to come back on whenever he wants. He can, he can jump on and give his analysis. But this is an open invite. If you are hearing what we're saying, if you are agreeing or disagreeing or you have a, a hot take you want to you wanna share, let us know. Jump on the blower. Give us a buzz. Send us a message, and, and we'll get you one. We're, we're going to run these via Zoom for the for the time being, given that we're all very busy. Um, so, if you're interested, you know, if you haven't liked Slim, if I've called you out and you want to come defend yourself, or Bernie, actually no, not Bernie. Um, let us know, and we'll uh, we'll get you on. But gentlemen, other than that, awesome stuff. I appreciate your time, and I'll catch you guys Sunday and chat to you next week. It's been a pleasure. Ned, thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you very much for joining us. No, no worries. We'll definitely, uh, definitely be back again at some point. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Catch everybody Sunday. See you, mate. Mate. Stop recording.